Now, Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services. Hi, I'm Shara McNamara, and you are listening to Talk Real Estate. Let me share a little bit about my background before we get started. I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, located on the South Shore, and I have been working as a full-time realtor and sales and marketing consultant for home buyers and home sellers for the past 15 years. I have helped hundreds of clients throughout the home buying and home selling process. My unique approach to assisting my clients to the next chapter of their lives is driven by being a team player and by offering them continuous training, education, advising, and mentoring. I like to say that I offer my clients exceptional service that moves you. Every week I will be providing you with real estate topics ranging from home buyer and home seller advice, legal matters, insurance binders, flood insurance concerns, home inspection questions, environmental worries like radon, lead paint, and mold, mortgages and loan programs, staging tips and ideas, real estate contracts, market trends, home values, and more. It's a talk radio show, and sometimes we are even interactive, so you can follow along online. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781-837-4900. We'd love to talk real estate. If you missed any of our shows, or if you want to listen to one again, you can listen on my podcast at talkrealestateradio.com. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me regarding your home sale or your home purchase, I'd love the opportunity to meet with you. You can connect with me anytime at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Now, sit back, relax, take good notes, and let's talk real estate. And hello to all our South Shore neighbors. You are listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara. My name is Melissa Wallace, and I'm here with my team member, Mary Baker. Hello. What's up, Mel? What's up? (laughs) I'm so happy to have you back. Oh, yes. I have been out for a few weeks, but I'm back. Here I am sitting in my seat again <laughs> um although we only have I was two trying to more keep shows it warm up. for you so um oh were you know. sitting in my seat i was <laughs> well um it's not very warm but thank you <laughs> i apologize <laughs> yeah we only have two shows left which is crazy because you know obviously we we're on tuesday three? nights no we're on tuesday nights so it's christmas eve and oh, new year's and eve new so year's we're not eve, doing yeah. shows so um we have this show and then we have next week's show um, which I'm really excited for next week's show. I'm excited for this week's show, but I'm really excited for next week's show. Um, I have no idea what we're talking about next week. We're going to have a little a little um, guest come through and sing or or play the national anthem. Oh, okay. So sure. We'll give, yeah. we'll give him a shout out when oh, we get right. to it. Yeah. I'm excited You'll for You'll have to catch me up to speed good. with that one. So, um, but yeah, so this is our second to last show of 2019. I can't believe this year is by. flying by. Yeah, flew by. Christmas is going to be here before we know it, and then it's mm-hmm. New Year's, and then it's it's the Roaring Twenties in less than a month. Oh, so. I love that. It's the Roaring Twenties. Yeah. Oh, um, Ben, you got to play like that song by Panic! Disco. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Is that appropriate? I, I have to I play it in my yeah, head I'll try first. try to get it on cue. <laughs> I'm sure it's okay. Yeah, uh, Mary and I went to a Panic! at the Disco <laughs> concert, and uh, we were reliving our... 13-year-old, 14-year-old <laughs> I self, loved every so minute of it. It was like 2004. Um, but anyways, we uh, we have a fun show tonight. Uh, actually, Sharon is not here tonight, um, but she is watching on Facebook Live. We are on Facebook Live if you go to Boston Connect Real Estate. Um, so she's in our comment section right now. So if you have any questions for us, um, feel free to comment, or you can give us a call at the studio, 781-837-4900, um, and Ben will get 
get you right over to us. And speaking of getting somewhere, uh, we have Lisa DeMilo at the WATD Traffic Center. Um, Going to give us a traffic update. So how's it looking out there, Lisa? We continue to monitor Route 24 South. It's stop and go from 93 through Brockton with the crash by Route 123. You're back in it from 495 down past Route 44. The expressway southbound is curling from the tunnel all the way to the split. Northbound delays from East Milton up past Neponset Circle and again approaching the tunnel. Route 3 South is slow from the expressway down past Union Street and down past Route 18. This report is sponsored by Dr. Patient Unity. Surprise medical bills are bankrupting Americans, but insurers refuse to pay their fair share. Doctors support removing patients from billing disputes. Tell Congress to stand with doctors and patients. Paid for by Dr. Patient Unity. Traffic on the nines every morning. I'm Lisa DeMilo in the WATD Traffic Center. We now return to Talk Real Estate, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services on 95.9 WATD. We are back. Again, my name is Melissa Wallace, and I'm here with my team member, Mary Baker. And you are listening to Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara. Sharon McNamara is in our comment section on Facebook. Um, so if you want to have a discussion with us. Um, but let me tell you what our discussion will be um, tonight. So we are going to be talking about real estate myths. Um, we've been hearing a lot of... Uh, sort of, what are they, like faux pas or something? Like, I don't know if they're about really faux pas. Re- about it- real estate. Um, I know you guys did a show while I was out um, about, you know, you know, should I sell my house in the winter? Does anyone really come around or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, we'll get into that um, later on in the show. But we wanted to sort of talk about some, some other myths that are pretty common and that we hear um, as real estate agents. I called it our myth-busting show. So I put it on Facebook. I put it on yeah. my pers- personal page. And I was like, oh, I always wanted to be a myth-buster. Uh, yes. And Ghostbusters, new trailer came out the other day. So you I was watching that. that. <laughs> Speaking of busters. <laughs> busters, yeah. Ghostbusters. Um, all right. So should we just jump right into it? I mean, we have a ton. Let's, Mary, we put 20 <laughs> things on this list. That's what we did? Myths. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I... Oh. oh, yeah. So we're... Uh, are we going to fight each other? No. Sure, why not? I just, I'm so excited for whatever is going on tonight. I don't even care. We're, I'm just all in. Let's do this. Okay, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So we're talking real estate myths. Um, what, Mary, what is one of the biggest myths do you think is in our industry? Um, and I'm not... So I'm not even looking at the paper. But even though I, we typed it I, up together. Even though we typed it up <laughs> together today. But number one on our list, I believe, is that sellers should price their properties higher and put it on the market for a higher price point so that they leave room to negotiate down. So they Higher leave, than what? Higher than market value. Okay. So And how do you get the market value? <laughs> <laughs> so when we're talking market value, it's the range that buyers are being our sellers are being given when we're looking at comparables. So we're looking at properties um, six months retroactively. So we're like going back six months looking at comparable properties. So if you're a four bedroom colonial, we're comparing you to a four bedroom colonial colonial with similar style updates. And then your real estate agent will give you a range. So the low end of the range, middle end of the range, high end of the range. Sometimes sellers like to list over high end of the range. Um, And when they do that, I think the idea and the thought process that a lot of sellers um, are going through is hey, if I go super, super high, 
then anybody can just kind of throw me an offer mm-hmm. and and then it'll leave me room to come down. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's just not how it works anymore, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, People aren't just throwing money out the window anymore. Well, they're super educated. So mm-hmm. um, whereas before, like the market from like say even when Sharon started, she always talks about like the book that they had, right? And that's where all the hub of everything in MLS would go and everybody would have to go through the book and you have to take the paper and you have to call the agent. The agents were the keepers of all the information. So. I am so grateful that we live in 2019. <laughs> and that we don't have that book. <laughs> that is just, it just seems like so much work. I've never Although we do have a lot of work now, but it's it's a little bit easier now that we can go online instead of having to lug around a book. And I can only imagine like what it was going through real estate agents' minds when the book was getting phased out and MLS was getting phased in. I know. Um, so were people MLS excited or were they not? Tune in, well, call in if you were a real yeah. estate agent during that time. Were you excited or were you disappointed because you like paper? I love paper, but I also love the internet. <laughs> well, I probably think they were terrified. Like I know when TRID um, first came out and all the, the kind of like the new, it really wasn't RESPA rules, but... Um, in 2015, it caused like a com- complete and total um, hoopla or like an uproar in mm-hmm. real estate in general because mm-hmm. everybody was so nervous about what those regulations were going to do. So I can only imagine what doing away with a book and going everything online yeah. did. But because of that platform of being online now, buyers have the information that only real estate agents used to have at their fingertips. Right. So they know if you're overpriced. They're not coming to see your house if they think you're drastically overpriced because they understand that maybe you're really not all that realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's probably one of the biggest faux pas or, or mistakes that sellers can well, make Well, something too. that Sharon always um, you know, tries to educate everybody that comes really comes through here is you know, buyers are looking at properties within with $50,000 mm-hmm. increments. So mm-hmm. if your house is drastically overpriced, so say it is $50,000, $100,000 um, above fair market value, then somebody who you there's so many people that won't be looking at your house so you won't be getting an offer even if it's low because it won't even come up on their radar well and the people who are looking at a house so say you know you should have fair market value for the house was 400,000 but you decided you wanted to list for 5 the people who are looking at $500,000 houses aren't expecting to see your house there yeah and it's not a, it it's just um, expectations not that your that. house is bad no but it's just not it's, it's it's not in the realm of what they might be expecting, expecting at that price point. Um, so that's what we try and avoid. Um, yeah. But that, that is, I mean, I think it's a common, sellers just want to leave themselves a cushion mm-hmm. and that's that's their way of getting there. Um, but it ends up working, the having the opposite effect and you don't get people through the door and you... And, you, and your house um, sits there and becomes sort of stale. That's the, that's the, like, it's, that's like, um, that's, a trigger word. It's like yeah. mold. It, it's, like, it's oh, my definitely it, the most important part about listing your house is, is listing it, pricing it correctly the first time. hundred percent. Um, what is, what is, so, what's Sharon saying? I never get a second chance for a first oh, impression. Yeah, you never get it. I'm like, where is she going with this? She, says, <laughs> she has a lot of things. Um, but on the flip side of this, it, you also hear sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, when I price my home below or so yeah. far below, I'm guaranteed to get multiple offers. What do you think about that? I don't think there's any guarantees in real estate. No. Um, so, I mean, it's 
there is timing to be considered. And again, what you think might be fair market value or below fair market value, unless you're being advised by a trusted um, advisor or a real estate agent or real estate professional, somebody that you have a lot of confidence in, um, I hope you're just not pulling that number out of nowhere, out of a hat. Mm -hmm. Um, You really want to take into consideration all of the different factors. Um, But if you, you know, if you align yourself accordingly, I think it's possible that pricing on the lower side, especially in a frenzied market or a spring market where there's an inundation of inventory and an inundation of buyers, it Mm -hmm. does give you a little bit of an edge, in my opinion. I believe that anything is possible. So people might Never say see never, right through right? that. People might see right through that and offer you below even that or 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 at asking and it's like, well you asked for this amount, so I'm going I'll give you this amount even though you think that it's worth more then you should have went on for more. So there's always a flip side to yeah. to really everything. Um, but you really don't know. You don't know what is going to happen until it happens. Maybe we're master debaters like everything has a rebuttal. Like, um, you, you, do you know what, you know what I mean? Like, so say I say, no, it's a seller's market. You say, well, look at it this way. It could be a buyer's market. Yeah. Like but that's the good thing about, you know, our office, especially when, um, Lori Rini, who is an associate broker at Boston Connect Real Estate, she, um, holds a meeting every Tuesday with some of our agents and she calls it tackle it Tuesdays. And, you know, they hold each other accountable and, and all that fun stuff. But, um, they, you know, they talk about these types of things, you know, here's my perspective on this situation. Here's another perspective. Um, we talk about this type of stuff in our office meetings when we meet months a month as an office. So, I mean, we're always brainstorming and, and I feel like everyone always has their own opinion or own view of mm-hmm. certain things. So someone might think that it is a seller's market and someone might think that it's a buyer's market, but it might just be their circumstances, not necessarily the, the whole entire market. In. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, moving on to our next one, next real estate myth. <laughs> we have yeah. 20 to get through. Yeah, we have 18 more. <laughs> and I made more. a comment. I was like, I try and stick to the agenda today. <laughs> um, you can get a better deal as a buyer if you don't use a real estate agent. Well, you know Well, that you're our buyer's agent. <laughs> you are our buyer's agent on the team. So why don't you take this one? Um, so you know I love to use like real life experiences when we're when we're on the show. So even today we were speaking with a, um, I was speaking with a client and she was approached by somebody who was trying to sell her house directly to her. And she was very open and honest with me and said, Hey, this is the scenario that's going on. Um, and I just want to keep you clued in. I really don't want to do this without you. This is what I'm going to try and present her with. I said, I am happy to have a conversation with her and show Mm -hmm. her why it's advantageous, um, as a seller to at least have one agent involved. I'd be uh, I, I would love to have two agents involved, but if she's not going to use any, I, I'd rather her use one. Um, and there's just a lot of, we're trained um, to do this stuff. And, and it didn't come lightly. Like mm-hmm. this has been, for me, nine years in the making. And yeah. I think I'm just starting to come into my own and feel really, really confident in the business. So there's just a lot of um, intricacies that can happen, right? Mm-hmm. So for um, for her, she was telling me that, you know, oh, well, she told me, so the seller told our buyer that they had another offer and they were communicating back and forth. And it turns out, and she was like, oh, but I really want to sell to you. I really want to sell mm-hmm. to you. Um, and she had potentially negotiated a lower price for the house. 
and the seller up and changed her mind and said, oh, I, I'm sorry, I, I forgot I already accepted the other offer. Oh, yes, I forgot that I have an accepted offer on my home. That's so, a first. I've never heard that before. Well, it's because, so I was trying, like, I'm trying to explain it in a way when you're going directly to a seller or when you're going directly through the listing agent, everybody deserves the opportunity to have representation. That is literally why in the state of Massachusetts, we have the agency disclosure and it's clean and clear, describes every different type of agency. There can be seller's agent, buyer's agent, dual agency, facilitator, whatever it is, um, because you have the right to have somebody who's looking out for your best interest. Mm -hmm. Well, in that scenario, who is the bot, who is the seller looking out for? They're looking out for themselves. Yeah, of course. Um, same thing when going directly to the listing agent. It could be seen that you know you're getting a deal because now the seller isn't paying a buyer's agent as well. But that's not necessarily the case because that compensation is going somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, Sharon chimed in on. Facebook um, and said, you know, what another myth to kind of go along with this is that a buyer's agent isn't going to try and negotiate the best price for their client because the higher the sale price, the higher their commission, which I think is a total crock. And I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have never, and I've, I've never calculated my commission prior to getting something literally prior to sending out the commission statement, which is the last three days yeah. prior to closing, because it doesn't matter. We want um, let it, we want to get you the house for the amount that you want it for and the amount that's appropriate. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, not, every, not everybody is like that, but oh, again, sure. on yeah. the flip side, not everybody is like that, but I feel like, you know, we're unique enough where it's it doesn't even matter. I mean, we're doing this to change and help people's lives and help Mm-hmm. Trans- transition them into another chapter in their life. It, we just happen to get paid to make other people's lives a little bit better. Oh, I love that. Oh, you're welcome. A little tear to my eye. Oh, are <laughs> you so, crying? <laughs> can I skip down just because this one I thought was really good. So I'm going to skip all the way to 20. Okay. But I know I skipped a lot. So one myth that I guess is out there is that all agents are the same. So um, everybody's heard the saying, right, that like agents are kind of like used car salesmen mm. <laughs> or like, and we, we have one of the worst, unfortunately, reputations in this um, for like a professional industry, which I think is crazy because we know so many really awesome agents. Like I love all the agents at our office mm-hmm. um, and uh, there's other agents out there that I really, really enjoy working with. And I know Sharon has really good relationships with tons of people in the business um, and we're all kind of working together to, like you said, make make people's lives happier and brighter and get them to that goal, whatever it is. But there are subtle differences between agents. There's real estate agents um, and that's just somebody who's essentially a licensee, a salesperson. Um, they aren't associated with the National Association of Realtors, Massachusetts Association of Realtors. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no code of ethics um, that they're required to adhere to. Um, and then there's realtors, which is us mm-hmm. at Boston Connect Real Estate. We're all we're a realtor designated office, um, which means we belong to NAR. Um, we belong to MAR. We belong We've to taken that lo- extra step. Boards. And Mel, didn't you just complete your code of ethics training? Yeah. Um, every couple of years you have to renew and, and do the course for your ethics. So I just did mine. Um, 
and then you know it's there's always there's always things to to learn and that's why we're required to sort of do some credits and classes and stuff keep up with what's going on because one day maybe the internet will go away and we'll have to go back to the book and we have to figure out how to (laughs) how to use the book please don't ever let that happen Uh, we're gonna go from you know um being on a computer to you know something like with tony stark and one of the avenger movies it's gonna be the whole entire wall and we're gonna be like just picking the houses out with our mm -hmm. hands yeah one day that was such a nerd alert nerd alert nerd alert alert. sam would be proud yeah um Uh, but there are differences that not all agents are created equal (laughs) nor (laughs) nor are they the same um so just something to keep in mind if you have a bad experience keep with that one, in your back pocket you might not you might not have that same experience with the other you know sometimes you got to kiss a lot of frogs to find your, your prince. prince or princess or, or queen princess or, or what, queen whatever bee. you're looking for maybe you're looking whatever for a frog. Are. i don't know anyways all right back to our back to our list we'll go we'll go back to the beginning um so I'm actually going to take this one. So the next myth that we uh, sort of came up with was you can save money selling your home yourself. Um, so we call these FISBOs, which is for sale by owner. Um, we actually went to the NAR convention, which is um, the National Association of Realtors convention. Myself, Mary and Sharon and Laurie from our office uh, went to San Francisco. San Francisco. San Francisco. Last month. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I tried to be serious after that, but I'm like, so, so we're going to get kicked off. Um, we went last month, and we some of the things that we learned there was that um, you know 2019 had the lowest percentage of for sale by owner properties. Mm-hmm. Um, and the National Association of Realtors has done research about FISBOs um, and that they make 66% um, of what they could have um, gotten for their home had they used a realtor. Um, I, I mean, that's a big percentage. That is a big percentage. Um, you know, when you do a for sale by owner, um, you know, and there's a couple different ways you can do it. You can sort of um, do like an entry only and, and really you can get in the MLS that way. Um, but if you're not in MLS, not a whole lot of people are going to be able to find your house. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, you know, Zillow and Trulia and all those sites, they, you know, will have your house on it, but they won't really say like it's for sale unless you go in there and somehow some way the listing mm-hmm. and yeah, somehow um, do that. And it, but it, all the information isn't really that accurate. So you want to be able to, you know, reach as many people as possible. And the, the really the way to do that is to, to, um, you know, hire a realtor. And you know, if if one of the reasons why you know people don't want to hire a realtor is because of the commission. Um, but had you made a hundred percent of what you could have. That could certainly make up for whatever 100%. it is that you, yeah, 100%. Mm, literally. <laughs> uh, certainly could have made up for whatever it is that you would have paid somebody to sell your house for you. And it is. I think people underestimate that this is a full-time job sometimes. Yes, there are certain scenarios that, um, you know, you you market the house, you put the house on the market, and it's it goes in a weekend. There's still a lot from getting that accepted offer until sale that goes into it, mm-hmm. um, goes into the whole sale process itself. So it's not as simple as I put a for sale sign out in front of my house and somebody gave me a full price offer and then bing, bang, boom, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, um, I feel as if 
a lot of people, and I've had clients say this to us personally, I can't believe you do this as a full-time job. It's like, it's so much. How do you deal with this every day? And it's just like, this is our job. This is what we love yeah. to do. I couldn't be a teacher. Mm-mm, nope. Not, not even remotely. Um, mm-hmm. Couldn't be a nurse, but this is what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think it's it's more difficult than we make it seem. Our job is to make it look easy. It's really yeah. not that easy. Well, that was <laughs> another thing that we had learned is don't always make it look easy yeah. to to everybody. Don't always, you know, uh, say that everything's going to work out. All, you, know, yeah. you know, we're going to try our hardest to make sure that it does and that it does go smoothly. But um, in case that things don't go according to plan, you know, we also need to prepare for that too. So we, we never want to set any expectations that are, um, not preachable. Absolutely. I Uh, agree with you. Ooh, this is a fun one. Um, the next one, the market will only go up. Yeah. I think the great crash (laughs) of 2010 or 2008, 2010 could, um, that's just, I don't even know why this is a myth. No, the market doesn't always go up. There's so many variables that create the market that we're in. Um, like interest rates, mm-hmm. so rising or declining interest rates um, all have to do with seller comfortability and how much inventory we have on the market, and nobody can predict where we're going to be next year. So mm-hmm. the market is ever changing. Yeah, there's some you know um, analysts out there that you can predict. Okay, uh, you know the interest rate might go up two times next year or mm-hmm. three times next year. Mm-hmm. That may be the case. Um, I know they had projected that they it was supposed to go up three times, but it really only went up two. So that's good. Yeah. Um, you know, but no one really knows a hundred percent for sure. And I always, whenever I think of this, I always, um, if anybody watched the newsroom, it was a show. Um, I think there was like three seasons on HBO, but there was an, a- an analyst on there and she missed something because you know, it just was so unpredictable, um, even though she was the, the greatest ever. She was supposed to be the greatest one ever. But everything, something can be unpredictable, I promise you. <laughs> yeah, so that word only, like, no, it's not only going to go up. It's waxing and waning. It we can actually, go up. We actually it can go, go down. waves of 10 years. So that it's like the, the real estate market has proven to be cyclical. Yeah. So and every we're going years, into the roaring 20s, so. We're actually overdue. We're, We're overdue, overdue for, for a, a ten year for a downfall. Um, but <laughs> so that is a total, total myth. Yeah. Um, this then is, this next one we have talked about many, many times. Um, but sh- um, you should renovate your kitchen and bathroom before you sell. No. Not no. necessarily. Unless it's like falling into the, like the basement, a, yeah, maybe. Your toilet is in but danger of being in the basement. Something that we always say is don't spend money if you don't need to. You know, don't, you know, go crazy on your kitchen and your bathrooms as if you were going to be continuing to live there. Um, if you can't enjoy it, you know, don't go over the top. Um, mm-hmm. If you were going to move or try to sell in five, ten years, then yeah, you know, in, enjoy, enjoy it yeah. for those five, ten years. But if you're looking to sort of get a quick fix in a sell, uh, you know, don't really spend, you know, a ton of money on on doing those renovations because a you're not really gonna get all that money back. No. Um, people think that they do dollar for dollar, and you don't. Um, and you know, again, if you aren't gonna enjoy it, 
then why bother? And then everybody has different tastes. So not everybody loves an all white kitchen. Not everybody loves oak cabinets. Not everybody, you know, some people prefer, you know, uh, tan palettes versus t- green palettes. Yeah, green I mean, are white palettes. and gray are very in right now, but mm, they weren't always, and yeah. they probably won't always be in the future. So, you know, every everybody's taste is different. So, I don't know. I just always say, like, you know, don't don't go crazy, don't go mm-hmm. over the top. But if something's broken, obviously fix it. Yeah. Um, but you need a new sink, put it in a new sink. Yeah. If you have if your toilet's leaking, all right, we'll fix it. <laughs> like, we yeah. know a plumber. We got a guy. We got a guy. We got a plumber. Um, and his name is Mark McNamara. He owns McNamara Plumbing. <laughs> <laughs> that a little, that's a little plug. He has an office here, so why don't you come on by? Um, you can talk to him, too. Yeah. So, let's see. Next one. You'll earn back what you spend on renovations. All I right, just so touched I, on that. I, yeah. Um, Mary, you put a little note here. Do you want to talk about that? or? Oh, so um, back... It was a show that we did when in our new space, actually. We talked to an appraiser, um, or and actually we were talking about, I was talking to him about inst- putting on an in-law, um, not mine, but doing an in-law space and say, say I spend $200,000 doing that in-law. Can I then immediately go to resell it if I have to in a year for whatever the value of my house is plus that $200,000 that mm-hmm. I just sunk into it? And he goes, not even remotely. No. So you're getting... For major renovations, especially if you're looking for a really quick turnaround time, mm-hmm. you're you're estimating that you're getting, or they're estimating about 50 cents per dollar. So my $200,000 that I just sunk, sunk into my in-law is now $100,000 of equity. Um, so a lot of people don't want to do that. So mm-hmm. why would you spend $100,000 renovating all of your bathrooms and, yeah. and kitchens? To At least get in your case, back? you know, um, Holly will be living there for many, 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 many years. Well, I'm so never you'll moving. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you'll get the use out of it and, and, the, and the value out of it. But, you know, not everybody does. And yeah. people think that if they spend X amount of dollars, they're going to get X plus back. And that's not the case. Um but uh okay next one if uh all the properties listed in the multiple listing service which is mls that we talk about um show up online um i sort of get some calls from people um even even with our website sometimes things don't show up because of status changes yeah um so like zillow and trulia and all the third-party websites that are pulling from mls they might have most of the information accurate but they might be a couple days or a couple hours behind mls so they might not be catching up on okay well now it just went from active to contingent which means it has an accepted offer but there's some sort of contingency that's that's weighing it um that's waiting to happen before it can move on to under agreement and then sold so that might not be, it's it's definitely not a hundred percent accurate, and it's it's still sort of catching up with multiple listing services. Yeah, um, I think it can cause a lot of confusion too. With, yeah, it um, can. Even sellers, I know a lot of sellers are monitoring their houses on these third-party sites, and a lot of times before the sale is actually complete, it shows off market. Mm-hmm. Um, which to me, off market would mean it's no longer on the market, right? That's how right. a general consumer is going to see it. Well, it really doesn't. All it means is that where we've changed our status in MLS um, to be under agreement. Mm-hmm. So it could be under agreement from anywhere to 30 to 45 days. Yeah. So, I mean, there's still a lot of stuff that could happen in between. So that's, if, if, you're, if you're searching, I'd say, what, search in MLS, 
like get on MLS, yeah, get set on yourself Zillow up with Trulia, a realtor, Redfin, whatever you want to do for your searches, that's fine. But approach it from all different angles. Be in touch with your agent, you know, all of that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, open houses sell properties. Um, uh, Mary wasn't I, sure why this is a myth. I was really, I was, I was like, I don't understand why this is a myth. I just don't get it. So. Yeah, I think open houses sell properties. Do I think they're the only thing that sells properties? No. No. I think, um, what did I call it earlier? A three-pronged approach? Yeah. And I, I don't, and there's more than one throng. There's more than three. There's there's all different strategies as to how you get your house sold. But what I don't understand is there's going to be people who um, can't make showings during the week because it's the winter now and it yeah. gets dark. Or they work during the day and then they have children at night or they have activities that they do. Yeah. They are moving from the North Shore to the South Shore, Western part of Mass over to the Eastern part, if moving from out of state. You know, you just never know. Yeah. Um, and their your house might be perfect for them. So they might only have the weekends to be able to see your house. Um, so some people, you know, some clients don't want any private showings. Yeah. Um, they don't want any showings until the open house. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that that's good if it's like a whole week, like if mm-hmm. your property's on the market for a whole week, well, that's a week of people wanting to see your house. Um, and, and, but on the other side, you know, if, your house doesn't sell within the first couple of weeks of being on the market. Um, you know, having an open house every single weekend, I don't think really. There's no sense of urgency. In really that. brings in the buyer, yeah. because, especially if it's been you know with the same price. Um, you're really only going to be bringing the people who have probably already, already seen, seen it. it, or it might be new, realizing okay, well maybe I should be looking at this price point or whatever. So maybe those people will come through, but most likely they're working with an agent who would set up an appointment. Um, you know, I think that after a price break, um, you know, or a price enhancement. I think it's good to do an open house because you you are now open to an even bigger buyer pool. Um, but again, if if it's you know the same sort of everything, yeah, I don't necessarily think that people are going to be coming out of the woodworks to to see the house every single week. No. Um, unless I mean we do do a lot of we do our new construction every week but that's different it's a whole different beast you know you're where where we have so many different products to show Mm -hmm. that someone might say oh i was here six months ago when i saw that house and now we have a new house brand new house and you know now we have that to for you to see so um new construction i feel like is out of this um yeah it's a different like you said it's a different realm more resales um, but I don't understand why that's a myth. So I'm just going to say it's not a myth. No, it's open not. Houses, we don't think we don't think it's a myth. Open houses can sell houses. Um, you will, you yeah. can get your buyer. I through feel like, house. I feel like we have sold quite a few, um, you know, properties actually. So I got it. No, no, no. I, oh, I'm like, I so that's thinking, why I was like, oh, let me shut no, down. Sorry, Am I going to say sorry, something sorry, wrong? I was, <laughs> I was thinking, um, so we, I actually got a text message as I was, as we were coming down here that a buyer, I mean, they have an agent, but a buyer who came through um, one of my open houses this past weekend, they want to go back and potentially put in an offer. So oh, there perfect. you go. They saw it at an open house. And I'm sure Mary said, 
that's excellent. If you want to reach out to your agent, your agent yes. can reach out to me because that's the type of person that we are. Yes. So again, with the not all agents are created equal. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, a home passes or fails inspection. That's a big one. Yeah. So, it's not like a pass or fail. It's like your real estate test. Like you passed or you failed. <laughs> or I was thinking about it as like the car stamp. It's not like house is rejected. Like oh, you reject. get that R. Um, I mean, I guess you do if it's it's if it's inhabitable, it's gonna um, fall down. But yeah. no, it's, it's not a pass and fail type thing. Yeah, it's all based off of buyers' individual tolerance, in my opinion, or what they're mm-hmm. willing to accept. So well, that sort of goes through with the next one is inspectors have to find something wrong. Um, it's not they necessarily have to find something wrong. It's that you know, their job is to educate you on the house, whether it's mm-hmm. right or wrong. Um, you know, they want to show you how to shut the water off, how, you know, how the heating system works. If the heating system happens to not work, that's a good thing to know. <laughs> going to tell you. And a home inspector is going to tell you. Um, a home inspector can say, you know, this is not right. You should get in. You should, you know, ask for, you know, a roofer to come in, an electri- yeah. electrician, you know, they're they're sort of there to educate you and and sort of find something that is sort of kooky and yeah I mean their make, job yeah I mean you're hiring them to inspect something that you might not have any knowledge about um, so it's not like they have to find something wrong is that they That's their job you know. They, they're going to tell they, they to will plenty, tell you when something I've is wrong I've gone to plenty inspections where nothing is wrong. Um, yeah. There, there's nothing. Um, and I wouldn't say nothing. There's always going to be little things. But heck, it's it's you're buying a house. It's not going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. So I I feel like I've seen inspectors struggle to find something wrong and say, you know, I really want to be able to tell you something bad, but I got nothing. You know. Yeah. Um, I want to be able to you know find something because I feel like I'm missing something, but they're not. Um. Yeah. I just wanted to um, say, I was going to talk about the podcast and all that stuff, but I don't oh, know, yeah, did yeah. she change the name of it? Did we change the name well, of it? I was out of this. So, so we are, t- well, you can find us on iTunes, which I think is Yeah, crazy. you can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, Spotify um, the TuneIn app, if you have the TuneIn app. Sharon just posted um, the link to the TuneIn app on Facebook. Um, so go to Boston Connect Real Estate on Facebook. Um, you can listen. Um, you can go and, and find all of our past podcasts. Um, you can go to bostonconnect.com, mm-hmm. find all of our past um, shows, find us on Facebook, Instagram, all those fun things and you can find all of our contact information too on bostonconnect.com so if you ever want to have a one-on-one consultation or you just want to hang out with us because we're pretty cool um (laughs) just let us know i think so just let us know we just have about eight minutes left in the show so we want to get through some of these things and then we'll talk about some things that we have going on this weekend um so this is a myth and i didn't even um i didn't highlight it Weekends bring out the most serious buyers. Mm. So I completely and totally think that is like through and through and through. Yeah. A myth. I completely disagree. Um, buyers are smart. Um, they know if, if something's, especially if you're in a high inventory um, or a low inventory, you know, multitude of buyers, um, 
market, which is kind of what we've been in over the past several years, especially during the spring, they're not hesitating. They're they're going to do what they have to do to get into that house as soon as they can. And sellers are responsive to that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So if they want to get into the house, they're going to come after work if they can, if the daylight um, allows. They're going to find their way to make it down here or um, do what they have to do, move their schedule, send their mom, send their dad, whoever. Um to come and look at it to make sure that they don't miss out on that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So and so they're setting up a showing. If they want to get in, they're getting in. If they're serious, they're getting in. Yeah. Um, doesn't necessarily have to be on the weekends. So it can be any time. Yep. Any time within reason. Be ready. <laughs> um, this this is a good one. Zillow says, therefore it is. Everybody's heard the Zestimate, so mm-hmm. we hear about it probably the most being in real estate. Yeah. Well, my Zestimate says... Well, that's one of the things that we look for before Sharon even goes to somebody's property is we look up the Zestimate and um, and on Trulia as well because, you know, we assume that that's what people are looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't already have an agent or haven't had an agent come through and give them a price, they will most likely go to one of those third-party websites to see um, exactly what... Um, what five minutes? Oh, geez. Five minute doorbell. What Zillow can't tell people is, you know, did you renovate your bathrooms and kitchens recently? If you haven't had the assessor come in, they have no idea. Has your um, Title Five failed? Or yeah, or passed? Are you installing a new septic Are you system? Installing Do you need new a new roof? roof? They have. Is oh, your you owe me a coke? Um, <laughs> is your house located in a you know not so fabulous neighborhood? Does it not have great landscaping or is it in a cul-de-sac? What's the condition? Yeah, there's just so many factors that um, third-party AVMs cannot predict. That's why it's really important to have a real estate agent come through who knows the area and can help you through that process. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is good for you, Mary. When making an offer on a home, you need to start with a low offer. Uh, No, false. False. Um, B. B. Yeah. Yes. So as a <laughs> as the buyer's agent, Mary, yeah. what do you suggest? I mean, if if this is a myth out there, you know, making a low offer, people do people really think that they're going to get a property if they make a really low offer? There's definitely um, a mindset that um, buyers have sometimes that they're looking to get a deal. Um, I start most of my buyer consultations with saying, you know, where, where do you want to be? What, like, what area do you want to be in? What price point have you talked to your lender? And if you haven't talked to your lender, what price point are you feeling as if you, you think you can be in? Mm -hmm. And we pull a market area survey just to show or sorry, an area market survey to show what the sale to list price ratios are in that area for that given price point. 90% of the time, it's 98% to 101, 102% in the areas that we're looking at. And that means when sellers are pricing their houses, they're smart enough that they're pricing them according to the condition that they're in, the location that they're at, um, and they're getting what they're asking for. So that negotiation tactic that buyers think, you know, I'm going to throw jello against a wall and see if it sticks and just try and, you know, throw out a $50,000 below asking offer. Very, very few and far between is that even feasible anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the same way we would value a house as a seller's agent. We do that same exercise and value it as a buyer's agent. We give you a range. We say, this is where you feel we feel you have to be. Um, especially there's considerations to be made. How much interest is there in the property? If, 
you know, they haven't gotten one solitary offer over several, several months. Which goes to our next one. Yep. Um, the longer is, the home is on the market, um, it's more negotiable. The more negotiable the deal is, yeah. Um, there's different factors. So, you know, what is the motivation of the seller? Yeah. Um, what is the true value of the house? Mm-hmm. How many people are trying to bang down the door? Mm-hmm. Um so there's all different, you know, yeah, all different considerations. And I think that, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's more negotiable. I mean, we have a property right now that has been on the market for a while, but the value is there. It's just a very specific property. We're um, looking for a needle in 12 million haystacks. Yeah. No, and there's, there's, like there's a house haystacks. for everybody. So, I mean, the buyer is out there. Um, you know, but it, do, it doesn't necessarily mean that the, the property is um, more negotiable. Um, multiple price reductions mean the seller is desperate to sell. No. No, um, maybe you just priced it wrong. Yep, that's it. Simple. <laughs> Sim- <I laughs> Next one. Simple. Multiple offers give the sellers an advantage. Um, mm-hmm. but potentially, but I think... Not if they're overwhelmed. No, well, not if they're overwhelmed and not if it, it's causing fear within the buyer themselves. Yeah. And some buyers will walk away and say, you know, I don't want to Well, sometimes uh, we have multiple authors that look exactly the same. Like, it's fruity. Like, they have the same date, the same prices, the same everything. Well, that just goes to show you that, you know, pricing was no. was pretty accurate. Oh, come on. Oh. We're getting the we're getting the I'm sorry to interrupt shaft. the groove, ladies. We're getting I the know. shaft. We're in the groove. We only right. had two more. I know. All right. All well, right. we only have one more show uh, for 2020 or one 2019. Uh, one more live show. So tune in next Tuesday. Um, Sharon will be with us. It'll be the three of us. It'll we'll say goodbye to 2019 and to hello to the Roaring Twenties. Thanks for listening tonight, everybody. Good night, everyone. Woo.